This is Whitley Strieber, and this is Dreamland. You've reached the edge of the world. Today we're talking to someone with a very different vision of the UFO and close encounter alien phenomenon than you're used to hearing about. Because Charles Upton is Muslim and takes the a viewpoint of this that is very different from what you might have heard, in particular from the conventional uh, Western vision of reality, and to a great extent also different from the Christian vision. Charles is a poet and metaphysician. He is uh, from uh, San Francisco. He's a protege of the Beat Generation, and to look at him and to look at me, you know, we probably both are to an extent. Um, he's been a, uh, a member of the psychedelic counterculture, and yet it seems eminently sane, nevertheless, still. Um, uh, he's a peace activist. He's a Sufi Muslim. He's a writer in the traditionalist perennialist school, and we'll learn about what that is. And uh, he has co-founded with Dr. John Andrew Morrow the, uh, an international Muslim interface peace, mo peace movement known as the Covenants Initiative, and has been writing on the subject of UFOs since 2001, and his new book, The Alien Disclosure Deception, is what we will be discussing today, and also his ideas about this and how he comes to them, because it, in particular, as this thing becomes more focused in our world, it is terribly <coughs> important that the ideas of people like Charles get a serious hearing. Uh, his website is uh, charles-upton.com. Charles, welcome to Dreamland. Well, glad to be here. And uh, jumping right in, you, you say that my view as a Muslim is substantially different from the Christian view. And I, I, th that, is, that is not my view. Uh, well, well, oh, I thought I said somewhat different. Well, yeah, uh, so, somewhat. The, the the Muslim view is 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 more nuanced, I would say. But I could certainly say that you know it, it's interesting that you say that that my view is is rarely heard. This shows a sort of encapsulation of what you call the conventional, you know, you, view of UFOs and the, you know the UF, ufologist world. Because certainly my view is in line with that of many evangelical Christians with uh, at least one other, one Sufi sheikh, um, Nurjan Mirhamadi, who's a Naqshbandi sheikh, um, uh, an Eastern Orthodox priest, uh, Father Spiridon Bailey from uh, United Kingdom. And, um, you know, th there's a lot of background, there's a lot of material on, on an understanding of, let us say the more sinister aspects of the UFO, UFO phenomenon that, that are found in both Christianity and Islam, and uh, they're not that different. There is there are some some important differences though, which I will um, I will address. So, well, one of the things I wanted to talk about, I, I think by talking about it, we'll get into the subject 
in 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 a in a a useful way Mm -hmm. is uh your vision of the netflix series top secret ufo projects declassified and your your understanding of what that series was actually doing and what is and what it represents uh, you say, for example, in the blog on uh, CharlesUpton.com about it, you mentioned something that has been very much on my mind for a long time. Uh, you say, uh, evidence for this covert promotion appears in top secret UFO projects declassified when it asserts that whistleblowers who reveal what the government knows about the UFO phenomenon do so at risk of their lives, while... At the same time, presenting us with the findings of so-called whistleblowers like Colonel Philip Corso, Bob Lazar, Emery Smith, astronaut Edgar Mitchell, who have been operating freely for years, speaking, writing, and appearing in videos apparently with no negative consequences. And I am acutely aware of this. I agree with you. It is true that, you know, I know a good number of people inside the classified world not necessarily connected with this but just as a writer doing your you come across such people and they do not whistleblowing is a very dangerous business and yet these people who spout all of these secrets seem unbothered by any official sanctions why is that charles well, it, it would seem to indicate, and of course I cannot prove this, but, but my informed speculation is that they, a double game has been being played from, from at least to the end of World War II about how to present UFOs to the public. I mean, there, there's the, been the official debunking of, of the UFO, UFO phenomenon that we're all familiar with, which is just this year and last year just changed. Now we have an official acceptance. But the debunking, you know, went for, went for decades. But at the same time, there were these apparently targeted leaks of information that would seem to indicate that UFOs are real, that the intelligence community knows a great deal about them. You know, the, the, the myth that um, Eisenhower made a treaty with the aliens and all of this, all this stuff is being leaked at the same time. And it's being leaked by people associated with the intelligence community and the military. So it, there we have uh, two different parallel stories. And what I would say is that when, when you see, um, you know, a contradiction like that being foisted upon the American people, uh, it appears to be deliberate. And when contradictory bits of information are projected into to the mind and the consciousness of the victim uh, without any acknowledgement or indication that there is a contradiction. This has the effect of paralyzing the critical faculties of that person or of that population. And I think something like this is being done. And I think, you know, because, um, you know, social engineering and uh, what has come to be called mind control is a, a science that, that, that has been studied intensively for generations, if not centuries, by people who, who, uh, whose goal is to control populations. And I think this has been foisted upon us. You can look at a lot of the 
post-World War II um, science fiction movies um, as, you know, from a standpoint of uh, there being propaganda films. Um, one of the best uh, examples of this is the film Red Planet Mars. And I'm right, right now I do not remember the name of the producer of this, but I discovered that he uh, ha had a background in producing propaganda films for the U.S. government during World War II. So we have, you know, what appears to be a, con a, co a continuing of the propaganda effort, but in, in another framework and, and for another purpose. Uh, so for some reason, it seems like the elements of the in, uh, military industrial intelligence community have been covertly, um, you know, standing behind and, and initiating a belief in UFOs um, while at the same time debunking them uh, publicly. And why this is going on, um, you know, th this, this is, is an, another area for speculation. But I think we have to realize that a lot of the things that are being projected um, about UFOs from, from many different sources, you know, from supposedly legitimate documentaries and, and completely fictional accounts and, you know, what, whatever crazy crank theory may come, somebody may come up with, there's a vast amount of information being projected about what UFOs are supposed to be. And if you look at the Netflix series, you will see, you know, examples of two problems. Um, and what's interesting about when you look at, um, you know, something like uh, uh, Top Secret UFO Projects Declassified, uh, what you have is the text. You have the actual things that are being said. They are sitting there. The, the, this, these are not anomalous experiences that someone reports that may or may not be true. We have it, and we it it, it is it is the on the record, and we can analyze it. And we can and and if you look at so much of what is said in that documentary, which covers pretty well um, a lot of legitimate information about UFOs, but also it covers the myth that is being developed about UFOs. And um, if you look at that uh, at that source, you will find um, two kinds of deception, which are very clear once you recognize uh, and, and entertain the possibility that you are being deceived. Then you then the scales fall off your eyes, and you say, "Wait a minute." One is once again the unconscious contradiction ploy, which which I just mentioned. Um, you have in that series story after story after story of the damaging effects of UFOs. And of course, this is now coming out. The, the, recently, the Pentagon just came out with a report, which detailed very interestingly the damaging effects, both physically and psychologically, which you know personally have experienced of, of uh, contact with UFO aliens or whatever they may be. And um, at the same time, it has... Uh, admitted the, the, uh, a large range of paranormal manifestations that sometimes accompany UFO sightings, including elves, ghosts, spirits, you know, Sasquatches, God knows what, and all and, and sexual encounters. And um, you're certainly you know, talking to the, yes. the choir here because I have yeah, had right. 
But 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 what's interesting, what's interesting along is, those is lines. That, that people like Luis Elizondo and um, and Alejandro Rojas and I guess Chris Mellon and people like that. that, that, that there's there there is a line that uh, well n- nothing uh, uh, negative has ever happened in in, in human uh, alien contact. It's all good. There are no stories of, of, of disastrous or, or, or negative or toxic encounters. And, you know, this, this is flying directly in the face of so much evidence. I would like to, at one point, ask you why you think they are denying this. They want to say the UFO aliens are the good guys. Nothing bad has ever happened to anyone through contact with aliens. And that's, that is absurd. Well, listen, I'll tell you why I think they say that. I think they say that because they don't know what they're talking about. Well. Or is it more sinister? Give me your idea because I'm very interested. I think it's, 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 they want to promote these beings as our spiritual guides and protectors. And so they have to deny how horrible they are and what damaging, you know, painful and, and, and destructive things that they do to people. You know, I have to say that as a close encounter witness, I have gone on a spiritual journey, but it's been my journey. It hasn't got anything to do with them. They haven't guided me at all. My journey is my choice. Well, but but but, but, but let me let me just did finish. They not initiate you, you know. I they think not initiate that, that journey, but by by you know, you know, effecting a radical break with your earlier reality with consensus reality of course it's your journey because we're all individuals and and everybody has their own path and yet um you know that they definitely had an effect wouldn't you say upon your journey well they well they initiated it by yeah by uh abducting me and and you know my friend jeff kripal whom i've written uh, supernatural with says says that you can see that as an initiatory experience because it overturned your world Yes. It did. And that is again and again in the whole phenomenon, you see one witness after another whose com- world was completely overturned, sometimes by nothing more than the close approach of a UFO. Yeah. But this overturning, is this is there intention behind it? In other words, I made something of the overturning of my world and went all the way from where I was then, which was a uh, uh, a secular humanist would be the best way to describe it to what I am now, which is a which is a person deeply committed to the teachings of Jesus. I've even written a book about it called Jesus: A New Vision, mm-hmm. and um, that started me on that journey. So, were they good or evil? What, what what's well, going on well, here? Many people have been started on a journey like yours by. Uh, going being wounded in war, for example, you, you 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 go to war. You know, you get a leg blown off. You know, you 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 feel like you, you don't want to go on with life, and then somehow you gather the resources uh, to go on, and 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 you you turn to to deeper aspects of reality, and and you know something comes that 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 gives you a new outlook. I mean, any traumatic experience, whether it be paranormal or not. Uh, will affect a break with with your former reality. Uh, you 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 can be kidnapped by terrorists, you know, and 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 kept for for twenty four months and finally released, and you're going to be a different person. And 
you know, people people may go in a bad direction after that, or they or they may go in a good direction, in a much deeper direction. But you you, you cannot say that that the simple fact that that they traumatically broke you with your your, your former way of looking at things um, is necessarily a vote of confidence. <laughs> in them, you know, I mean, what, what is, no, what is I don't one? think so. I, I, yeah. I, I don't look at it. I, I was much more, you know, you know, of course, what Stockholm syndrome is. Yeah. I was going to bring that up. Right. Yeah. Well, me too. Well, let me, let, let me just say for the listeners who don't know, and there may be some Stockholm syndrome is basically what happens when somebody is being persistently oppressed, captured by terrorists or something like that. And they become allied to their oppressors mentally, emotionally. They become, and they begin to, Patty Hearst is a perfect example. Uh, The Symbionese Liberation Army people turned her into an ally, even though she was their captive. I think this is a very, very important part of this phenomenon. And I would like you to talk more about it. Well, uh, you, you, you said it. I mean, that, that, that is, for one reason or another, a recognized psychological phenomenon. I mean, uh, people who have the power to totally change your, your worldview seem, from one point of view, you know, to, to, to represent reality. They, rep- they, they, are, they, are, they are the wise men. You know, they, they after your contact with them, you know a lot more than you knew before, even though you may not have sorted it out yet. So for, for whatever for whatever reason, also there, there's a, a, a simply a, a brainwashing aspect to it. You know, they threaten to kill you and then then they don't. You know, you, 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 you think you think your life is over and, and then suddenly they don't kill you. You know, and, and, and you're immensely grateful. Thank you for not killing me. This is something that was recognized by the North Koreans uh, during the Korean War. You know, some of their methods and a very common method of uh, mind control and brainwashing is to alternate terror and relief. And so the, the, the relief is, is, so, is so touching and, and so deeply felt that... Uh, People can even mistake it for friendship on the part of the people who, who had just threatened to kill you but didn't. You know, that, that's one of the things, one of the ways an experience like this can, can exercise a control over you. There's another question about whether there is an element of demonic uh, near possession in something like this. And if people don't, don't do a radical break with forces that, that, that have violated them and, and, and uh, you know, uh, violated their human integrity and their human dignity, if, if they do not immediately say, these people are my enemies, I want, I want out, I never want to see these beings again, I want to help protect myself from them, I want to protect other people from them. And if, if that reaction doesn't take place, which is, which is an abnormal response, to say the least, um, what that may indicate is simply fear of reprisal. If, if, if you turn against these beings who have in, in, inserted themselves into your life and are still probably very close to you in one way or another, you know, that they, the door to them has been opened and they can walk into your life apparently when they please. And if you turn against them, what might they do next time? The, the, the first meeting was terrible enough. 
if, if you consciously turn against them and, and say, you know, if you believe in God, say, God, protect me from these beings, you know, save me fr from from these these terrible forces. You fear their reprisals. You know, what what will they do to you now? You know, so th th there's a great. And, and, and people may feel, you know, in, the, in a situation with the Stockholm syndrome, you know, if the Symbionese Liberation Army can walk into Patty Hearst's protected life and, you know, abduct her and take her, you know, turn her into, into a terrorist and a bank robber and whatever, holding a assault rifle, uh, you know, this gives, gives anybody the feeling that, well, hey, I don't have any protection, nothing that they, they can do this at any time which may or may not be true in a given instance, but that's the feeling you get. And people are afraid to turn against them because, because of reprisals. So no. and I, think, I, think, I think, you know, to, 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 to admit that these, these beings who have treated you in this horrible manner and violated you in this way are indeed your enemies is, is an important step, you know. I wonder, still to this day, in my own life and the lives of so many others like me exactly what they are and this is why you're here because i want you to to present your vision of this because if they are our enemies then a lot of us are suffering from stockholm syndrome without realizing yes. it and yes. we need to face that possibility it's very important now in the alien disclosure deception or the subtitle rather is the metaphysics of social engineering now this aspect of social engineering you mentioned uh, uh, what's going on now with these disclosures and so forth can you tell us a little bit about your vision of this social engineering because we talked a little while ago about supposed whistleblowers who never get punished and uh, something is going on here that that is clearly not what is being said. That I will certainly agree with you on. But but uh, what would it be? Because I, you know I knew Edgar Mitchell quite well. We were good friends, and uh, some of the others as well that you mentioned are have I've known in one way or another. And um, Edgar was a deeply inspired man. But he was at the same time, privately, he never spoke much publicly about this. He was extraordinarily wary of these entities. I, I, I guess that would be the best way to describe well, it. Well, we can start there. They're, they're definitely entities. Yeah. Yes, they are. Well, and they can be very physical, as I found out. I mean... Yeah. Well, you've I, I, actually you've asked two questions, and one one is, you know, what these beings are, and two, what is the social engineering uh, project that that I see ha having been built around around the experience of these beings. So I'll I'll start with the first question. Um, let me go here to my notes for a second. Um, so. Uh, in my notes, I say that I wanted to say, um, I claim that, that my book is, is, is the most complete picture of what the UFO aliens are. 
uh, uh, that has yet been produced. Now, I haven't read all the books, and maybe somebody has done better than me. But as far as I know, this is the most complete vision that I have ever seen. And it, it's basically, uh, let's, let's start with uh, Jacques Vallée, who I think is probably the most reliable ufologist all in all. And he, he points out three aspects of the phenomenon. He says, they obviously have a physical aspect. They appear on radar. Uh, they leave physical traces. They have physical effects on human beings and this, this. Uh, the second one is the psychic slash paranormal, which, which can be separated. But for the present purposes, I'm putting them in the same category. The psychic paranormal aspect, which is, you know, these beings can walk through your walls at night and, and appear in your dreams and, and levitate you and do things that, that uh, are not uh, common in physical reality. Okay, and the third aspect is that uh, there seem to be human deception activities around um, uh, this phenomenon, and which is very strange. I mean, um, this is what uh, Jacques Vallée talked about in his book, Messengers of Deception, uh, particularly the deception, human deception activities around the UFO, UFO phenomenon. So um, how do you put those three together? Well, what you first have to understand is something, you know, an aspect of traditional metaphysics. Because what I say is, uh, in, in short form, I could say my view of what the UFO aliens are is based upon a ufology of Jacques Vallée seen through the, the traditional metaphysics of French metaphysician René Guénon. Uh, who, who simply who didn't invent all of this because he, he is the, known as the founder of the traditionalist or perennialist school. And at its best, the perennialist school is simply a compendium of the esoteric wisdom of the human race in a very high intellectual level. It's not its own particular ideology, although it can go in that direction. But um, so what, what Guénon um uh, makes clear, and, and what traditional metaphysics makes clear is, is the being, being existence is, is arranged hierarchically. Um, you know, it was known in, in the uh, 18th century as the great chain of being, the ontological hierarchy, hierarchy of being. And at the apex of the hierarchy is the absolute, absolute reality, which we know of, which we call God. And, um, God manifests or, or you know, emanates on, on a lower level, uh, you know, the angelic world, which is uh, partakes of his eternity and yet is now differentiated into uh, different uh, individual beings. And then the, the next lower world is the whole psychic world. And the psychic world is, is uh, more subjective uh, it's extremely complex, um, and at the lower uh, border of the psychic world is, is what some will call the etheric plane. This is the subtle material dimension. Now, below that, you, you, we have physical reality as we understand it, which is what we experience through our five senses and uh, our ideas of reality based upon what our five senses tell us. So this is how reality is organized. So um, from this point of view, you would say that the UFO aliens, whatever forms they take, and the, and the, the forms are innumerable, 
I mean, whether they be reptilians or greys or tall Nordics or whatever they, however they appear, um, they, they, they show the characteristics of the, the lower tier of the psychic plane, the subtle material plane. And, and uh, according to this definition, they are identical with what the Muslims uh, call the jinn. And the, the, the jinn are not fully spiritual beings. They're subtle material beings. They're usually invisible to us, but they have the power to appear in our world. They can temporarily materialize. According to some accounts, they have their own forms of technology. And uh, th that's what, what do the UFO aliens appear to be, the jinn. Now, according to Muslims, we need to take a We need to take a brief pause. Okay. And, uh, for, and we'll be right back, folks. Uh, free Dreamlanders, uh, please uh, listen to these commercials <laughs> and do what we ask for once. Uh, I'm sure you will. And subscribers, why don't you tell your friends about unknowncountry.com? There's no stigma attached to this anymore. Uh, perhaps there should be if, uh, if, if, if Charles is right. But in any case, if you well, want to explore this, well, let me finish, Charles, because we're going to take a pause right now. If you're going to want to explore this, Unknown Country is a, a place to do it where we will show you all sides of uh, all visions of this very complex issue. This is Whitley Strieber. Listen to me now from June of 2010 talking to Alan Lammers about an incredible thing that happened to him on the island of Sulawesi in Indonesia. Here you are in South Sulawesi in the little town in the district of Sandu Batu. You were, what happened? You were told something rather strange. Well, we were told before we went, um, like my, my friends that I work with in, with the NGO, they told me that when you pack, because it kind of happened by accident, I went out to buy a raincoat. It rains quite a bit in this part of the world. And so I went out and I bought a yellow raincoat. And my friend said, I'm sorry, you can't, you can't take that to Walla Walla. And I said, well, why not? And he says, well, it's the, you can't wear that color. So anyways, excuse me. So I thought, okay, well, what colors can I wear? They, they said, well, you can only wear black or white. You cannot wear any bright colors, no bright green, especially no yellow. And, you know, that's all you should bring. And I, and I said, well, what would happen? And they said, well, uh, people disappear. You will find the rest of that story, and it is brain-bending, in the June 5th edition of Dreamland, June 5, 2010 edition of Dreamland in the unknowncountry.com archive. This archive is one of the richest of its kind in the world, probably is the richest of its kind in the world, filled with extraordinary shows, of which this show is certainly one, this show with Alan Lammers. You will never have heard anything like it. It does what Dreamland is here to do. It opens your mind to the fact that we live inside a hidden reality that we prefer 
not to acknowledge, but not here. Here on unknowncountry.com, we do acknowledge it. We live in it and we love it. Subscribe today. You can't go wrong. Go to unknowncountry.com right now and get started. Charles, before we left the air, you were just about to talk to us about the gin and their their physical their ability to manifest in the physical world and i would like to once again uh, uh approach this with two questions the first question is if you could tell us what their origin is what our understanding of the, them is and where that comes from and then secondly what would be their motives for involving themselves with human beings Yes, motives is very important. We have to understand that, that any sentient beings have intent. And there's, there's nothing wrong with asking what their intent might be. We don't want to just treat them as if they were atoms or molecules or stars. They are conscious beings. So while well, the, the, the jinn are uh, mentioned in the Quran, you know, they were certainly known to, to the uh, pre-Muslim Arabs. They're, they're essentially the same beings as the fairies of Northern Europe. They're the beings that uh, the Greeks and, and, uh, and Plato and the Platonists called the daimonies, from which we get our word demon, which is not entirely the same thing, but the daimonies. And uh, in the Middle Ages, uh, uh, Christian Middle Ages, they were called the longa evi, which means the long-lived ones. It's very interesting. Uh, um, C.S. Lewis, his last last book was called The Discarded Image, which is basically a story. Uh, you know, it's a very scholarly treatment of the in the pagan sources of the, 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 the vision of reality held by the Christian Middle Ages, which also had pagan elements. And um, one of the uh, realities they recognized was the Longa Avi, which is another name for the fairies. And uh, they weren't sure whether these were fallen angels, whether they were angels demoted to sort of a lower level, or whether they were an independent race of beings that had nothing to do with the angels. This was uncertain in terms of theology, but, but their reality was recognized. So, so this is, this is uh, essentially what I think the UFO aliens are. In terms of the jinn, it is said that um, some of the jinn are Muslim and some are not. In other words, there are those who, who believe in God, who, who are faithful and, and who worship God in their own way. And the prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, was sent as a prophet to both men and jinn. So the Quran is essentially addressed in some ways to the jinn as well. So, uh, but, but there are also jinn who, who are not Muslims who, who and, and you know, some jinn are considered to be following the Christian way. Some are considered to be following the Jewish way, but there are others that, that are, are not following any belief in God. And these are the beings that pretty much, I, I would say should be identified with the Christian demons. Now there's a very interesting story about the jinn. Um, and, and this has something, you know, a, a direct relationship to something I heard. Just last night, I heard your interview with um, uh, Jeffrey Mishlove that, about a year ago. And um, you, you said a very interesting thing, which actually appears in the Quran. Now, uh, 
the Quran tells the story of um, Allah creates Adam in the, in the next world, in, in the world before this one, before terrestrial world, before he, Adam is sent to earth. And he, he creates Adam and says, this is the being I'm going to send, you know, to, to be the steward of creation, to, to rule terrestrial existence. And the angels are freaked out and they say, don't, you know what he's going to do, don't you? You know, he's going to shed blood. He's going to do great evil on the earth. And you're going to send this being to be, you know, the center and, 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 and the, your vice regent in your terrestrial creation. Why? And all Allah says in return is, I know something that you don't know. And then he, he, he commanded uh, Adam to tell the angels all of their names because they didn't know their own names. Only he knew their names. So he told them their names. And then Allah commands uh, the angels bow down to Adam. And they all bowed down to Adam except one uh, who is called Iblis, who later became the Muslim Satan. Now, Iblis was not an angel per se, but he was one of the jinn among the angels who was allowed into the company of the angels very much like Loki in Norse mythology was one of the giants, one of the Jotun um, who was uh, admitted to the company of the Aesir, the gods in Valhalla. Very similar story. But so, so he refused to bow down. He said, you know, this, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to bow down to, to a, a being made of clay, whereas I am made of smokeless fire. Never. I'm superior to him. And so he was cast out by Allah and he became the devil. Now, what's interesting is one of your experiences with your visitors that you recounted in your interview was that they came to you and they prostrated themselves to you. And they said, you know, if you only knew what a human being was, you know, you, you, you are you are greater than us. You, you are, you know, you are the, the center and we're simply, you know, the periphery, something like this. Well, I mean, that's a motif that's directly out of the Quran. That's what the angels, you know, God commanded the angels to bow down to Adam in, that, in exactly that way. Because the human being has a preeminence in a certain sense over the angels. The angels are higher beings. They're closer to, to Allah, but they're not as central. They're all, it's like each angel is, is based on a particular name of Allah, whereas the human being is formed upon all the names of Allah. We are the epitome of universal manifestation and everything that is in the universe is also in God's universe and all the levels of the universe is also in us. That's what makes us the microcosm of the macrocosm. I'm sure you've heard that phrase. So very interesting, you know, that, that, that happened to you. And so these beings at that point were obviously differentiating themselves from those beings who first initiated you, and as you revealed in, in your interview, through raping you. You know, no, the, 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 first, the first beings you met were bad news. You know, that they, they, they violated you. They showed no respect for, for, for your human integrity. In fact, they deliberately violated it. Whereas these beings later come and, 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 and say, you know, you, you, you are greater than us. You, 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 are, you are the center of God's creation. You know, and so... There's a difference between these two these two sets of beings here, right? They have obviously different opposite qualities and opposite intent. 
And this is where the, we pray for the gift of discernment of spirits. So we can say, not everything that comes from that world is on the same level or, or, or has, uh, has the same intent. And there are ways to, to differentiate, you know, one influence from another so we can choose, so we can go, go in, in a positive direction and, and not go to our own destruction. So. So. Um, folks, the, there's something broken over here and I can't reappear just yet. Hopefully I'll be able to. There we go. All right. I'm sorry for that. Uh, yeah, was... I'm, that, that, that happens. That yeah. happens. <laughs> right. Well, happens. my listeners right. know right. that that happens on this show all the time. All kinds yeah. of bizarre electronic interference occurs. Uh, so far, you've been pretty clean. <laughs> Does that mean you're a good guy or a bad guy? I don't know. Uh, uh, you know, you, 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 but I, I you would know, like, yeah, well, no, go ahead. Go ahead, please. Charles. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, one, one of my feelings, which, which, uh, is, is something that, that Catholic exorcists have said about demons, in fact, is they could, they can interact with electronic devices. So we never know if this is, is, is just a coincidence or whether it's a little bit of message coming from, uh, the subtle plane. Well, you know, well, that's very interesting because I'd like to talk more about that because I and many of of the people I, in this experience, many of the people listening to this uh, do definitely uh, interact with electronic uh, things and put out street lights and so on and so forth yeah. right. quite routinely. And, and yeah. uh, there's no question about it. It does happen. Yeah, a, 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 an interesting story about that is, you, you know, of course, Jack Parsons. And yes, I do. And let's talk about that and and the black magic of Jack Parsons and NASA. Yeah, well, you know, black, Jack Parsons, for those who, who do not know his story, uh, was a, a rocket scientist who, who co-founded the um, Aerojet Corporation, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. He, he was a student of Aleister Crowley and one of his... Uh, fellow students was L. Ron Hubbard, who founded Scientology. And, um, you know, he even has a, he has a crater named after him on the dark side of the moon. He submitted early plans for the Pentagon building, very integrated in, into, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, military industrial complex. But at the same time, he was a pagan magician. He did pagan rituals at his uh, rocket launchings. He declared that his purpose in life was to destroy Christianity. And uh, this guy, you know, if, if, if you want to see the interface between magic, particularly black magic, and technology and technocracy in uh, the 20th century, he's, he's the central point. He let the cat out of the bag. So recently I saw on YouTube a, a video of him, um, you know, it was some film that was made quite a while ago, of his doing one of his magical operations, which was called the Babylon, B-A-B-A-L-O-N, workings, uh, in which he was invoking a female spirit called Babylon. And he was there, there was some audience you could hear clapping or talking, and, and uh, he was talking to them and to, the, and to the filmmaker, and he had this device. And he said, what this is, is a kind of an electronic Ouija board. And through this, uh, you know, I can talk to Babylon. He says, this is how we invoke demons. So 
you know, he, he had developed a device which allowed beings from the subtle plane to interact with the, the, uh, the electronic field or whatever of this device or the magnetic field. And th th this would produce uh, a message, rudimentary message, something like uh, a Ouija board, you know. So um, th there's some question after that. And th this, this would lead, this leads back to the, uh, the question of social engineering. Um, there's obviously an attempt to launch the equivalent of a new religion, which says the human race was not created by God, but by the UFO aliens. Therefore, they are our proper guides and spiritual protectors. And this, this will uh, spell essentially the end of all the traditional religions. Now, this is the line that, that uh, appears in Top Secret UFO Projects Declassified, the Netflix series. And the question is, who wants, to, who wants this to happen? Who wants this belief system to, to be adopted by the human race? Who wants the traditional religions that believe in God and consequently in human dignity to disappear? Who? Yes, it's such you know, a huge question. Yeah. Because what, what this, and I talk about this even in communion, that this uh, dismal UFO religion is not worth following at all. And the idea that we were created by aliens, I mean, sure, it's possible that someone interfered with, with our genetic development. If we found intelligent creatures on another planet who were helpless and you know, say it was 10,000 years ago, We'd probably be tempted to interfere too, but that wouldn't make us demons. There's something yeah. else going on here to try yes. to disempower the individual and hide from him the reality of his soul. Can you speak to that? Well, yes. I mean, I, I, I said to myself, okay, we get back to, to Rene Guénon and his metaphysics. One of the things that he talked about was something called the counter initiation. And he understood that, you know, from the beginning of time, there, there has been a tradition of God's uh, communication with humanity. This goes back to the idea in Islam that Adam was actually the first prophet, not just the father of the human race and the, the one who sinned, but he was the first prophet. Uh, so, so God, you know, ha has been uh, guiding and, you know, teaching humanity through the line of the prophets and in other religions through the avatars and, you know, through the great shamans of, 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 of the earlier world age, whatever, you know, God, God has been, the great spirit has been guiding us. But there, there has been a shadow to this which has gone on all along. And you can see this in the story of Cain and Abel. You can see this in many stories in the Old Testament. You can see this in the Tower of Babel. There has been a shadow or counterfeit religion that, that has been dogging the tracks of the true line of spirituality from the beginning of the human race. And um, this, this is what uh, Rene Guidon calls the counter-initiation. And what it is, it's, it's like the ego's idea of religion. You know, it's, it's, and it's, 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 it's the belief that from psychic information alone, not from spiritual wisdom and insight, but from psychic information, a religion can be developed. And 
consequently it's it's under the rule of the ego and not under the rule of the spirit which which allows us to transcend the ego so and um certainly one of the forms of this uh, counter initiation is is uh, satanism well satanism is coming out of the woodwork now the satanists you know want to be on the interfaith council and and you know they're uh, if we don't watch out, they're going to develop an, an, an anti-defamation anti league that, that will go after you if you say anything bad about the devil. You know, they're very close yeah, to it. I've noticed you know? that we, we're really losing focus when uh, Satanism wants to join the conventional religions. If it is Satanism, I mean, maybe maybe they're transforming themselves into something else. I don't know. But it's a well, really very well, well. Let's let me. I have to pause us now. Yeah. Uh, we have to take another break for our free Dreamlanders, and uh, okay. we'll be right back. Where is the unknown country? Is it out there in the stars, or is it also somewhere else? Is it in us, in you, unknown country? Join us today. Go to unknowncountry.com right now and join us. Join the questions. Join the search. Join the adventure. Unknowncountry.com There's no place like it in the world. We're talking to Charles Upton, his website, charles-upton.com, his new book, The Alien Disclosure Deception, The Metaphysics of Social Engineering. And Charles, before we go more deeply into social engineering, why don't you just finish the thought that we left the air with? Well, the, the, the thought was, I was talking about the uh, counter-initiation, which is sort of the shadow side or or a demonic counterfeit of true religion, which has, which is also ancient and which has been developing side by side of true divine guidance to humanity for since the beginning of human race. And uh, I came to the conclusion there are two things that, that are elements of, of, you know, the true spiritual tradition that the counter initiation cannot counterfeit. One, is the sense of the human being as paramount and as human dignity as paramount. Um, the beings who, uh, from the subtle plane, who can be called demons at this point, who are patrons of the counter-initiation, may have a certain degree of metaphysical knowledge and, and, and tell you versions of spiritual truth, but they can't tell you that the, that the human being is God's chosen representative upon earth, which is what we get from the Quran, um, because they operate by violating the human form. And so they cannot at the same time say, you know, your human dignity and, and integrity is, is the center of God's manifestation on earth. They can't do that. The other thing they can't do, which is very similar, is they can't see absolute reality as good. It is powerful. It is weird. If it isn't actively evil, at least it's very weird. 
and very, you know, and, and this, this is very much the, the, the idea that we're getting of, of spiritual realities is, is that they're, they have a sinister, sinister dark quality. <clears throat> and anybody who thinks that God is good is, is, is simply, you know, a, a, a foolish Pollyanna type who, who uh, you know, doesn't know the real score. The real score is God is weird, you know. And of course, God is formidable. There's no question. God is there's rigor and there's majesty to God, but but it's instinct and 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 united with goodness at every point because goodness is fullness of being, completeness. You know, in goodness, all the possibilities of something are worked out and harmoniously integrated. And and it, it, it's 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 full, it's complete. Whereas evil is partial, self-divided, at war with itself, you know, filled with holes, filled with incompletions, and therefore it has a sucking quality and wants wants to 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 take reality from the good and fill in the holes in in, in its configuration, which it can never succeed in doing because it's it's. Uh, it's broken in its essence. So we have to recognize that that uh, that that beings who come to us and say that, that they can put us in touch with God, but not through the human form. In other words, perhaps through an, an alien human hybridization project. Is that going to bring us closer to God? No, because we are human beings and that is our only way to God. This is what Jesus meant, one of the things when he said, none come to the Father but through me, which means none come to the absolute reality except through the integrity of the human form. So well, I have I have seen that uh, business of alien-human hybridization. It's not theoretical in my life. I've seen such a person and interacted with such a person. My listeners know the story already, Charles, but it's a terribly sad story. Because this was a this was probably the most disturbed individual I've ever seen. He was in constant, ceaseless agony. Uh, and what was he? he? When I first saw him, I, I he was looked like a boy of about eleven, and he may well have been a boy of about about eleven because I had had sexual contact with. Uh, one of these creatures about 10 or 11 years before I saw him. Mm-hmm. And, and he began to live in the woods behind our house in upstate New York. And then when we moved to Texas, he, he followed us and created such a, an uproar in the condo complex that people called uh, social services because there was a very strange feral child living there. He could not speak, but he could hear thoughts and he could project his thoughts into your head and it was a very very difficult experience to have a relationship with him i finally well, yeah. succeeded in driving him off what was he charles in your view well from from the traditional uh, christian and muslim standpoint he was demonically possessed very simple now if 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 this begins to have a, a measurable genetic um you know, component, then you, you, you can talk about something like alien-human hybridization. But what it essentially is, is a manifestation of profound demonic possession. So uh, one of the things I want to deal with is, is it, the last question is like how, how, how we can protect ourselves against these evil forces and work against them. But in any case, um, 
I, I want to I want to simply read you some things here, which, you know, I'm, I'm be, now we're beginning to talk about demons per se. And uh, it's very interesting here. Why what, someone would ask, why do you think of, of these beings as demons? I mean, they uh, isn't that um, supersti- religious superstition? Well, OK. Now, you know, John Mack, I'm, uh, uh, was he a friend of yours? Did you know him? Uh, yes, I did. I knew John very well, indeed. He's yeah. a good friend, and like Jacques Vallée, is also a good friend. Yeah. Well, okay. So, um, th- th- this is my uh, this is actually a paragraph from my book. This this is my overview of John Mack's view of um, people who have been uh, experienced alien abduction. Uh, he studied in, in his book something like a hundred different cases of abduction, and this is what he came up up with. He says. This says, Mac lists, quote, physical and psychological scars of their experience ranging from nightmares and anxiety to chronic nervous agitation, depression, even psychosis, to actual physical scars, puncture and incision marks, scrapes, burns, and sores. He informs us that the alien abductors routinely subject their victims to terrifying and humiliating medical-like procedures. They also voyeuristically view them performing sexual intercourse or themselves have intercourse with them. He speaks of broken marriages and alienation of affection between parents and children as amongst the more common after effects and says that negative physical and psychological effects persist even in cases where spontaneous healing of chronic or incurable diseases occurs. Okay, that's that's what Mac says. Now, Mac, the, the, the funny thing about Mac is he, he uh, had a positive view of UFO aliens even after knowing this. He said, well, they're here to administer some, some hard lessons that we need to learn. All right, that's what you said. Now, compare this to traditional Christian reports of what is called demonic demonic vexation. A lot of this comes from experiences of exorcists. Vexation means, generally speaking, uh, physical attacks by demonic forces. Okay. Now, effects effects include physical attacks on a person, cuts, burns, scratches, punctures, writing on the skin, bites, beatings, blows that leave bruises, swellings, bloody sores, broken bones, incisions on the skin that spell words or form signs that persist for a certain time and then disappear, and illnesses with unknown causes and unknown cures. Some victims have been the targets of stones, excrement, and feces that seem to have come out of nowhere. Others have been hurled from their beds or down the stairs, tossed in the air or thrown down to the floor or against a wall or dragged by the hair by an invisible hand. Others have been taken from where they were and transported long distances. There you have abduction. Vexations can break up friendships and isolate a person. Uh, A couple who are married or engaged to be married can separate or to the contrary, two persons can become engaged even though they are incompatible. So you see, this is almost, these are the same symptoms. These are the same manifestations. This is what's understood, has been understood for centuries by Christian and also Muslim exorcists as the activity of demons. That's what, you know, if you put those two accounts together, it, it, it is it is not much of a stretch to say the UFO aliens, at least the ones that act in this manner, are demons, because and there's a vast a, a, a literature 
uh, describing the effects and, uh, of these beings and the ways to counter them. And you know, obviously the, the world of uviologists needs to inform themselves of this, of this body of data because it is, it is immensely relevant. Now, when you talk about what's interesting is the Pentagon is now coming out with reports which seem to corroborate the religious view of what the aliens are. They, they do not adopt, adopt the religious view, but they corroborate it in two ways. One is to talk about the various deleterious effects of UFO encounters, which, which recently the Pentagon released a lot of, a lot of reports on this. Uh, secondly, is to, to admit the various para paranormal manifestations that sometime, uh, sometimes accompany UFOs. So this is, this is uh, basically what, uh, from several articles on the web, this is what the, the Pentagon reports are now saying. As for the Pentagon reports, some of the effects of alien encounters are in line with the radiation sickness hypothesis. Now, this is what Luis Elizondo, actually, actually Jack Sarfati as well, that I'm, whom I'm in touch with, and um, uh, some other people saying, well, the, 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 these are not deliberate attacks. These are simply, uh, you know, the, the UFO uh, uh, craft ha have a, uh, a technology uh, propulsion technology that 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 uh, creates radiation and then makes people sick who get near it. Um, but <laughs> that 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 may uh, be legitimate in certain circumstances. But some of the effects of alien encounters are in line with the radiation sickness hypothesis, but others clearly go beyond this explanation. The Pentagon documents. Uh, state that people who observed identified flying, unidentified flying objects frequently displayed a cluster of similar physical symptoms, injuries consistent with exposure to electromagnetic radiation, such as burns, heart ailment, ailments, uh, and sleep disturbances. A report speculates that these could be caused by energy-related propulsion systems. On the other hand, there were accounts of apparent abduction as well as encounters with ghosts, yetis, spirits, elves, and other mythic legendary entities, five cases of sexual encounters, nightmares, voice loss, eye injuries and amnesia, breathing problems, weight loss, paralysis, and experiences of perceived telepathy, teleportation, and levitation. So what you have, um, there's a great consonance between what John Mack saw from his, his abductees, what the Pentagon is seeing uh, from its sources, and what the Catholic exorcists have always known and attributed to demons. So the demonic hypothesis uh, got a great boost from the Pentagon very recently, even though they're not going to come out and, and say that they are demons. But the, the evidence they give is entirely in line with that hypothesis. So... We have come to the end of the first hour of our show, and in this third half hour, we're going to circle back. We're going to do two things. We're going to talk about what uh, Charles, how Charles defines demon, and how that compares to jinn, and what the relationship right. is. And we're also going to circle back to Jack Parsons and the injection of black magic 
into our official scientific endeavor in the United States and what the significance of that is to this day. Free Dreamlanders, I would like to thank you very much as always for being with us and subscribers. We will keep right on keeping on with this very provocative conversation. You've been listening to Dreamland. Be sure to tune in again next week. Dreamland is brought to you by UnknownCountry.com and its family of subscribers. Our theme music is The O of Pleasure by Ray Lynch. Unknown Country was founded by Ann Streber. Our news editor is Matthew Frizzell. Our coordinator is Amy Safrankova. Whitley Streber is your Dreamland host. And I'm your announcer, Ted Alexander.